here's here's what I'm gonna do after to, after we record our episode. So actually, like Josie Wales better than I, I forget. I'm gonna go through and like cross reference and check to see find all the movies that are on this list that aren't already on ours. I wanna know if Saw and, Two's in there, and that'll be that'll be the <laughs> yeah, side that's the difference. That's future the only difference. spinoff Patreon thing. We'll 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 hire Cameron out to like. Okay, dude, there's a. Uh, 112 movies that are not on our list. You're gonna go through all of them one a week, and we'll oh, pay you. Yeah, Harry Potter, the whole series. I call yeah. shenanigans. You it can't is. whole series. Bullshit. You. You yeah, can't do is. whole yeah. series. That is shenanigans. Exactly. Mm-mm. Oh, you're gonna count just The Godfather, but Harry Potter. <laughs> Get this magazine out of my face. Yeah, because Godfather Two does not make it. It's an upsetting magazine, guys. No we're way. Calling you out, movie Look, man, critics at Us hey, Weekly. Hey, be real, guys. What's better, The Godfather Part Two or Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? I to point. say Harry Potter and the Godfather. <laughs> the Godfather of Fire. The Godfather of Fire. <laughs> I'd watch the yeah, hell of that oh, movie. Man, I want it. Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Harry. <laughs> Probably actually would have been a more believable <laughs> performance than what Michael Gambon does in that moment. Harry, are you sure? Did you, you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? You didn't put your name in the Goblet of Fire, Harry. Voldemort, you sound Voldemort like Captain uh, Barbosa. <laughs> Voldemort drives up to a toll road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. Guys, it's just like a Tommy Gun that shoots a vat of cadavers at him. <laughs> Voldemort's like, ah! <laughs> he falls to the ground. Is Sonny uh, like, Ron? let's redo the oh, Godfather yeah. Yeah. in. Uh, yeah. Is that. No, we'll make serious, like, Sonny. Mm-hmm. The hothead who ends up mm-hmm. dying. Good call. Who's Hagrid? Good call. Hagrid is the, the guy, guy who like is showing beginning. you how to, and then you put your sausages. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Hagrid for sure. Get the cannoli for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's him. Take the cannoli. Yeah, Harry, leave the cake. Get the broom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what leave it is. the rock cakes. And get Harry, the fuck out of my Harry, head. You're a wizard. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what you gonna do? With? Let's be those LA nerds that instead of doing like a Harry Potter musical, we're like, here's the Harry Potter Godfather mix <laughs> sketch show that's like an hour long. Where we just take certain scenes and cast certain yeah, actors. Yeah, and just and the wedding yeah. where the Death Eater show it. up in the end of book seven is the first half of the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everybody's oh, coming boy. to talk to Harry. Oh, man. All right, Ooh, we're doing it. We're doing it. What a fucking basculus head. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it is. Basculus head. And he starts screaming, but also turns to stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is petrified. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. My name is Hector Navarro. Sitting across from me is my bro-ham, Keller Knobloch. Say hi, uh, Keller. Sup, bro-ham. <laughs> sup, bro-ham. And sup, our, all my bro-hams and my sis-hams. <laughs> <laughs> our guest today is a very, very, very special guest because... Because. This is 500 Greatest Films Podcast history right now. Mm. In the making, our first ever returning guest, the first member of the Two-Timers Club, Mr. Cameron Rice is Cameron, back. how does that Hello. jacket fit? That Two-Timers Ooh, Club real. jacket. It's, uh, we were talking earlier about clothes you get to, uh, to like, that's your goal clothes once yeah. I lose weight, because it's a little snug right now. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> snug we coat. Just had, we just got one of Hector's old coats and put a patch on it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For those who don't know what I look like, I am bigger than Hector. Yeah, yeah. My so, little, uh, little, 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 little peaky, little peaky. Yeah, I think I'm a little peaky, too. Keller, let's turn all of ours down a little bit 
so that I can get all up into it and get a little intimate. Yeah, yeah. okay. There I am. There I am. Everybody like this better. Yeah. Do we feel better about it? I'm oh, yeah. Sorry. That's good. That's good. No, that was, that's great. Sorry for the peaks and valleys. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of peaks and valleys, we watched The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King earlier today, and that's not the movie we're talking it about. Isn't. Speaking of The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, we watched a similar movie starring Aragorn and the music by Howard Shore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the similarities. Yeah. Man, it was an extension. It was very weird to have been watching Return of the King mm-hmm. and then to watch this movie mm-hmm. moments after. Cameron is our first ever <laughs> returning guest. Mm-hmm. This return of the is king. Return of the <laughs> Return of the Rice right now. Return of the Cameron Rice. Uh, Cameron just means king, right, in some language? Right. Probably. Let's say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe look it up in ancient Antarctic. Yeah, King Rice. Uh, <laughs> the best rice. Um, and uh, I'm really, really, really excited about rains. having Cameron on the show today because we're talking about a movie that I've seen before. But even when I saw it, I mean, it was like 13 years ago now at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I knew that I didn't quite get. uh, And to rewatch it today was something I was really, really looking forward to. But it is quite a bummer. Last week we talked about Phantom Menace. There was a lot to talk about, good and bad. There was, it's just like Star Wars, you know, to go from that level of. This year has started on a weird little stretch. We did King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong, into Phantom Menace. Which is like an eternity long movie. Yeah. So then we watched what? seems like an eternity long movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this movie seemed longer than it was also. Yeah, and it was only like an hour 40. What do you got next? What do you got next on the on the dock? Ten. Next? Yeah, we have ten. Ten. By, Ooh, the uh, Dudley Moore. No, oh. not that one. Oh, no, no. No, this is a, uh, I think it's an Iranian film. Yeah. Iranian film. Abbas uh, oh. Kiarostami. Oh, Kiarostami. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just a little preview. Uh, I think that you guys, if you're listening right now, can get it at home by subscribing to... There's like a couple things you can do, free like free trials free on trial. Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. Mubi, and I think one other one. It, so, I don't know. so search for it there. It's one of the, Is it on a special Amazon Prime thing or is it just on Amazon Prime? You have to like get another trial on Amazon Prime. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Oh man, I just saw what it's also coming up. I can't wait to... What is it? So uh, what is it? About atonement. Hairspray? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I've never seen Hairspray. I have seen and it. I'm, that's the original that's John original. Waters, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Not the John Travolta one. <laughs> okay, okay. <Yeah. laughs> that one didn't make the cut. Was but, that uh, No, uh, I don't think it was. Well, actually, it was. No, actually, uh, when, did, well, when did New Hairspray yeah. come out? It doesn't matter. But yeah. Cameron knows the score. He knows what this podcast is. He's mm-hmm. been on it before. Um, I want to talk this about- This will be our first person to get to pick a second, second movie to add movie. to the list. Remember that? Can I be controversial and kick someone's movie off? No, you can. Oh, shit. Who's he going to kick off? Who's he going to kick off? I don't know. What did Adam pick? (laughs) Halloween. He picked Halloween. Oh, no, that's got to stay. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. original Halloween. nice to Halloween. (laughs) It's like when you're in the two-timers club, you can do that. You can just, like, cancel someone else's This is white elephant gift or whatever the fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You can steal someone's movie. No, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Cameron has such great opinions on movies, and I think he's really, really tapped into the art of movie making and storytelling and there's a lot of stuff to talk about in this movie i mean even though it's a pretty like deceptively simple story we're going to get into it but you know our two traditions you picking a movie is one of them the second one is keller's going to tell us what the heck movie we're talking about today keller 448 a history of violence 2005 director david cronenberg Family man Viggo Mortensen reveals his inner psychopath, and creepily, his wife and children like him even more. Mm. David Cronenberg uh, twists minds. <laughs> ref- David Cronenberg twists minds rather than flesh in this spare classic modern western. 
Mm. That isn't accurate at all. I, I agree with some of it, and I disagree with some of it. Yeah, modern, some modern, of it. modern Western, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I can see that. Uh, yeah, I, it's funny. Twisting we of the mind and less of the flesh. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. It says they say Philadelphia way too much for it to be a modern Western. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> sure, okay, whatever. But the thing I think that they hammered. They didn't say Tombstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta go back to Tombstone, Joey. <laughs> back to the OK Corral. <laughs> <laughs> At high noon. <laughs> Joey, you gotta go back in time to the old west joey i got a time machine delorean let's go joey that's my really Ed Harris. christopher lloyd thanks <laughs> yeah. a very yeah. calm yeah. christopher lloyd yeah Fuck. what is it go back to the future 2.1 2. gigawatts marty 1.21 1. 1. 1. 2.1 um, that's I, way too many gigawatts dude hey you're man. nuts hey man i have a uh, dyslexia um the thing i think cameron reacted to which i also agree in disagreeing with is that the description says that the family likes Viggo Mortensen's character even more, which is stuff that we were talking about as we were watching the movie. But yeah. before we get into it, Cameron, you're our first returning guest. Why did you pick this movie? Why A History of Violence? Because at this point, for all of our returning guests, like mm-hmm. we've pretty much given you guys like everything in 2019. You must have been one of the earlier picks. I also feel like Cameron's like, uh, I'm going to help these guys out. Yeah. No one's going to pick a history of violence. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron comes through in the clutch like that. He exactly. really does. He really yeah. does. Yeah. Well, I think for me it was, so uh, I saw this movie uh, at the movie theater when it came out. Uh, I would just started working at the movie theater as a security guard. Mm. Um, and this was one of my days off. And I went, I think it was me and one other person in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I got to do this for research. <laughs> <laughs> this is for my life. Um, no, and it just, it made an impact. I think at that time, yeah, that's 2005. Uh, just got out of high school, about to start college. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a degree of like, not at this point having seen, like I seen seeing a lot of old movies, but mm-hmm. not really seeing like... Um, Modern film with a big star, but was very kind of stripped down and stuff like that. Because this is right before we're entering the era where you're either doing like the biggest, most expensive movies of all time, or you're like in a hundred thousand dollar indie film, or go back to television. Yeah, or go back to television. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think with this, it was uh, this movie kind of just made an impact in that it was a uh, really well respected director Mm -hmm. uh, and just like an interesting story. And uh, for me, it's also about the context of. When the movie came out, who was in the movie when it came out, and who Cronenberg is as a director, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's a movie that I think about, um, it'll sometimes kind of pop up every mm-hmm. so often. I'll think about like certain scenes or moments. Uh, we're going to talk about the score, but the second half of the score I actually really like. It's on like a couple playlists I like of like when I'm writing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because you mentioned, here's, here's what you have to know about the score. It was done by Howard Shore. Keller and I and Chelsea, we were rewatching Return of the King this morning. Howard mm-hmm. Shore is, just like John Williams' Star Wars, will forever be linked with the Lord of the Rings music. It is that good. You can make a case for it being the best film score of all time or film scores, right? It's like amazing. But it is so iconic and it's so ingrained, I think, in, in fans of those movies' heads. You watch this movie in the beginning and it's this like stripped down drama like you're saying all of a sudden we hear howard shore we see vigo mortensen you cannot help but feel like like this kind of doesn't match because howard shore has a very epic Especially sort of feel was, was so soon after lord of the so rings, this too. was 05 so the last lord of the rings was two 03. Years. Yeah. two years later in vigo and i remember cameron you said he did like hidalgo right after lord of the rings 
Vigo, the, yeah. The, the which fa- is like a Disney movie. Family Disney Joe horse Johnson. movie. Joe Johnston, great. Yep. Director of Captain America, The First Avenger, oh, The yeah. Rocketeer, Jurassic Park 3. I remember enjoying that movie. He goes from that to this. And you're saying it's that actor move, just like the, the trailers that are on the DVD that Cameron brought over yeah. for, for History of Violence include like Anne Hathaway and Havoc and uh, um, Keira Knightley and Domino. All these movies where these actors are like, I'm not going to be, you know, pigeonholed to my, my previous career or whatever. So I'm going to do like an edgy thing. So this is Vigo being like, I'm going to do a, a violent, um, mature drama. And, With like a know, respected director. Yeah. And so, I, I, cause I think it's, it's, this, movie. it's this crossroad where you can kind of go, because Hill Doggo was not like a huge hit. Sure. Like, I think it did. I can't, I can't recall. I think it did okay. But yeah. it, like people know but, it, yeah. but it's not anyone's favorite. But I think it's this crossroad where it's kind of like, because he didn't want to do Lord of the Rings. It was his yeah. son who was like, I think you should do this movie because like yeah. he's, he's, uh, some people might call it pretentious. I wouldn't call it, but like Viggo Morrison is a guy. He's like this artist who's also a painter and a poet and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think he does Lord of the Rings and is like, okay, I'm on He's this like Captain Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I'm on, I have this fork in the road where I can either yeah. like do a bunch of big movies and mm-hmm. kind of be like the guy on the poster. Like uh, basically, like this is almost like a moment where he could have been like, um, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, like a, a Matt Damon, where it's like, yeah. here's my new summer movie every mm-hmm. year. Yeah, you know or that Chris gonna, Pratt or you know. Yeah. But I feel like he took this fork, and then after that, he's when he starts to do like Eastern Promises, yep. Captain Fantastic, and there's like Third a lot road. of other movies that he does that are like these dramas that are weird or dark. He does. Uh, he works with Cronenberg another time after that with Michael Fassbender. Mm. The um, um, I think it's called The Curious Minds or something like that. It's Keira mm-hmm. Knightley, Michael Fassbender, and him. He's playing um, uh, Michael Fassbender's playing young and um, um, oh man, Viggo Mortensen's playing the famous doctor whose name I cannot recall at the moment. Doctor uh, Seuss, yeah, Doctor Seuss, yes. Patch Adams, yes, he's Patch Adams. Uh-huh. <laughs> it Got was it. very sweet. Uh-huh. Um, no, people are going to know who I'm talking about though. Um, Doug Pinnison. and uh, uh, Sigmund Freud. He's playing Sigmund Freud. Oh. oh. That's a little Freudian slip there. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, slipped out of your brain. <laughs> slipped right out of the brain. <laughs> um, but I th- And I think that's the interesting thing is to see like where Viggo Mortensen was on his career path at this time and decides, I'm going to do this. Sure. Cronenberg uh, is coming off of Existence and Crash a couple of years ago. Not but, the Crash, right? different Crash. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's like more well-known for like The Fly and Naked Lunch and these kind of weird esoteric often body horror kind of films. Mm -hmm. So he does this. And I think also it's very easy for any movie in this like 10 year gap after nine 11 to be like, this is what it's saying about us. Yeah. Nine 11. But this yeah. kind of movie, I think, when we it is... We do that all the time. Keller and I say that literally every episode. <laughs> yeah. But I think there is something to this kind of movie where it is like, you are taking... Because in 2005, we are like... I can't remember exactly timeline-wise if we had done the... <laughs> Mission accomplished banner walkout yet? Oh, maybe. Uh, on the battleship? Maybe. But it's this thing of like, America is the best. And this mm-hmm. movie gets made that is the most cliche Norman Rockwell, mm-hmm. small town sheriff, small town diner, the perfect family, mom, mm-hmm. dad, kid. And Cronenberg did his Cronenberg thing of the easy thing to say about Cronenberg is, oh, it's all gross flesh, mm-hmm. special effects stuff. But commonly, what it's actually about is, Just hey, do you think this is the surface? Mm-hmm. Here's what's actually under the surface. Right. Right. So it's like, oh, this nice, quiet Norman Rockwell family. Here's what's actually mm-hmm. under this. And <laughs> this just, possibly violent psychopath. Absolutely. And just to go back to the um, score really quick, Cameron, you said something that I think I felt but didn't really realize is that the movie has these heroic, almost like triumphant horn type Howard Shore music when 
Vigo is doing heroic things in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. He's saving his <clears throat> diner from these two criminals that come in and he kills them and stuff. He and runs home to get runs, save his family. Heroic, 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 because he's not this character, Joey. These other mobsters show up and accuse him of being Joey. And he's like, I'm not Joey Cusack. The moment that he admits that he is and says, I should have killed you in Philly. And then admits to his wife, like, Joey did that stuff. That's not me. The score changed and there was no more of that triumphant. There's no more horns. It's, it's all string. It's all very str- sad, it's, it's melancholy. It's really somber. So like that, I appreciated that. I still, so let's talk about overall thoughts. My overall thoughts are, I think this is an incredibly well-made movie. I don't know if I ever need to see it again. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't love things about it because for me, the realism wasn't realistic enough. Some of the lines of dialogue were very felt sort of cliched and kind of classic mobster thriller type lines, Mm -hmm. because I think that's what the movie was going for with this heightened realism stylistically. And then the style of it wasn't stylized or like ramped up enough for me. It's still sort of dipped in both. It's a tricky balance. So overall that didn't work for me. I definitely have a, a much more of an appreciation for the film watching it today than I did in 2005 when I went to the theater and saw it with my parents and it was real awkward. And I was just like, <laughs> let me get out of here. I don't want to yeah, be yeah. here anymore. <laughs> this is weird. It's very sexual and weird. Um, but um, the, You sat between your parents. Yeah. yeah. That was the main problem. <laughs> real bad. And they were like reaching for popcorn as like were you holding Vigo the popcorn? and Maria were like getting yeah. at it in yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when those parents were 69ing and I was like looking at my parents like, ugh, this is bad. I need to get out You're of like, here. Uh, story of my life. I don't want to. Th- I don't want to think about my Your parents. Your dad's in just this way. noshing on some popcorn yeah, loudly. Just, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your mom's googling cheerleader outfits. <laughs> <laughs> Not Amazon. Mom. No, exactly. She googles yeah, it. She googling. wants to open that. Yeah. Open up the search white. Yeah. She. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that net. You know the whole net. You know, get a nice finish but, on uh, Etsy. <laughs> so for me, like, good film. I, I don't need to see it again. And my two biggest issues were. I would have recast Vigo because mm. he's a great actor, but he did not. I never bought him in the beginning as a man who is not like a dangerous guy because True. of Lord of the Rings, because of Eastern Promises, be- just because of Vigo's look. Even though you guys are telling me he's from New York, I'm like, this dude looks European. <laughs> We're not telling you those are the facts. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever bullshit you yeah, guys are telling me. Me and Keller Cameron have like, yeah. uh, been talking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is Vigo's real story? Yeah. <laughs> he just The dude looks like he's from like, like Moscow or from like, you know, uh, Denmark. like Denmark, like, cause that's yeah. what his dad is from or whatever. But he just looks, or even if you told me he's Australian, I'm like, yeah, he's an Australian actor. Like he, j- he does look really rugged. Even if he has a short haircut and he's the all American dad, mm-hmm. I still will see Aragorn. I'll still see all these other characters he played. So that coupled with Howard Shore's score, especially the first half, that that kept me from kind of buying into the premise, which is a brilliant premise, which is he's a family man. He gets into this thing. Other guys show up and they go, you're Joey. And he's like, I'm not Joey. That's super interesting to me. Where does that story go from there? So those are my overall thoughts. That's where I'm at with the history of violence. I also feel like however you feel about the movie, I don't know if I would have put it on the 500 greatest movies ever made. That's my opinion. It's 2019. Sticking to it, Keller. Cameron, overall thoughts? Me, I'm yeah. going now. Yeah, okay. Cam- oh, Cameron's going to finish this out because okay. his is the All most right. important yeah, opinion. True. Yeah, <laughs> does it? This, this it, is going to be yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there was a point in this movie, probably about halfway, to where I was like, I like this movie, right? And then I didn't like it anymore, <laughs> guys. I didn't like this movie. I definitely. Cameron was like, uh, it definitely has like David Lynch vibes, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I see that. It feels kind of like Donnie Darko, to where everybody's like super melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of like no one's happy mm-hmm. unless they're like very obviously happy. The high school bully's like a super yeah. high school bully. Exactly. Like, okay, right, right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. 
Yeah. Have a hard time buying into that stuff, but I was kind of getting okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what this movie is trying to say about anything mm-hmm. is the main thing. Mm-hmm. I almost think that it's saying bad things. And and then what is is and then people like like like, like, like I'm that trying to think it. about when this movie came out and right. it's like people are like oh dude that's fucking Aragorn let's go yeah. see history of violence with Aragorn and it's like yeah it is okay to maybe halfway you're, rape your wife <laughs> and it's like no you're, guys. you're describing the thing of like do uh, did audiences like no this one for the right it. reasons no one gets it because what Cameron said about post nine eleven commentary I think honestly is very interesting and very valid. I think that uh, filmmakers did a lot of that stuff. Well, especially the fact that he's Canadian. Did so a, he's, able, totally. he's able to have that perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, he's Fil- separated. But. Filmmakers did a lot of that stuff. Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy is all about criticisms for the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. And then there's Batman comic book fans that love those movies. And it's like, do they get that? Do they know that? Do they agree with that? How do they feel about that? Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> so that's that thing of like, did audiences respond to a history of violence? And did the Academy, because like the Academy Awards nominated for... Best Supporting Actor, William Hurt. I thought he was great. Small role, but great. Best Adapted Screenplay, which is really interesting. Adapted from a graphic novel comic book that this thing is based off of. So I was saying, like, I think the movie's great. I don't see what the Academy saw, you know, when they they nominated for those things. Maybe the movie's saying other stuff above my head that I didn't get. But Keller, you're talking about what's the movie saying. Uh, Yeah, I think Viggo Mortensen was good, but also Mm -hmm. it's hard to believe him. Like... I guess I like as far as what you're saying. I believe he could be a guy who's like hiding all of this. Reformed, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the um, end, he was. So I buy cast. that, but also his wife Maria Bello. The script wasn't super great. It was all very cheesy, but also that might be playing into the melodrama that they're trying to mm-hmm. ham up. Mm-hmm. So and being a crime movie, exactly. It you did know? feel very much like a generic crime movie plot. It's mm-hmm. like, what if this guy's just been living a normal life, but he was actually this the entire time? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just kind of took like a very logistic or mm-hmm. lo- logical uh, mm-hmm. way to finish that off. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, well, he doesn't want to do that anymore, so he's going to go kill the people who said he used to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, and it wasn't as violent as I thought it was going to be, actually. <laughs> couple couple gnarly moments, but yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah. Okay. So that's where you're at. That's where I'm at. I thought there Cameron, were unnecessary things. Yes. I didn't like that sex scene at all, guys. Yeah. I thought it was bad and should The first one or the second one? Um, the first one is like <laughs> Cronenberg. You thought it was fucking, you thought it was bad because you're like that's not gonna. <laughs> but, that's not how you please your lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had I just had problems. I had my checklist is like he is not meeting these marks. <laughs> she dressed up. He didn't even try. I know yeah, it was exactly. a surprise. But yeah. come, <laughs> come on, come on, Vigo. Did he take yeah. a shower before yeah. this? And, and then they go oh, wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> we never got the high school thing. It's like okay, they didn't meet in high school. Yeah, it's like that's a weird way to lay out that plot point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah cameron uh yeah i think to me this movie still really works in a big way i think for what it's a what it's about it's hard it's one of those things because it's like it's not it's <laughs> not like hitting you in the face where right it's trying to be like <laughs> like spying is bad yeah <laughs> like that's like there's no there's no and listen i like the movie overall but there's no like scene in vice where you're gonna have a voiceover being like this person's a piece of shit yeah no you're Selena not gonna gomez doesn't like have a thing where she's in a hot tub telling you about the movie <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes the person you think you know you don't <laughs> anyway back to the movie <laughs> there should have been like, a cut scene to where it's just like selena gomez 
telling us about young Viggo Mortensen and <laughs> William Hurt's uh, life. Yeah. Um, no, but I think to me, yeah, it is, it is that is the Cronenberg theme of like what you think is under the surface is not really like it's the same with um, uh, Spielberg. Spielberg, all of his movies to some extent are about fathers. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's a lack same of Wes or Anderson, how good is the father doing this and the other. Cronenberg's thing, I think, is uh, very often the surface is the lie. Yeah. Even in something like The Fly. Like yeah. The Fly is like the surface is the the what is happening and that is very literal, where it's like the surface is literally bursting open as you are becoming a monster. Um, but the reason the fly works is that, uh, and the reason a lot of people think it's an AIDS allegory is it's about, mm. and Cronenberg himself said, it's not about AIDS. It is about watching someone you love deteriorate from a disease. Yeah. Like that's what he was playing with. But there's also that degree of like, oh, something is wrong. Something's yeah. happening here. Um, and I think that's what he's sort of playing with in, in this film as well is like, there's something not right. And I think that's the, why the casting of Vigo, because I agree with you. It's that yeah. thing of like, you're immediately going to go, something's up the second you see Which him. is why the surreal music is so effective, just because the entire time you're like, this is this feels weird. But, and I yeah. think that's what it's supposed this, to do. Yeah. I think you're consistently supposed to. like. And so I, the, the second sex scene, if we want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, we, we like, have to. I, I think, I mean, we're going to have to eventually, but I think <laughs> if we want to talk about it now, we can. No, we, we should have <laughs> gotten right into it up top. Yeah. I don't know why we've waited we so don't long. Even, don't do even talk now. about the title of the movie. <laughs> yeah, should have done British the British voice. voice. <laughs> <laughs> got into the sex scene. Um, I completely can understand why. I, I don't think it's a titillating scene. I don't think it's meant oh, to be. Oh, no, it's a titillating scene. I would agree with that. It's a juxtaposition scene. Between, again, the first uh, sex scene where it's like, she's dressed up and she's in a cheerleader outfit and it's very nice and they're in bed kind and the lights are you're, kind of on. You're, you're rooting for them. They're a married yeah. couple. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, they're saying things to each other like, oh, you're so bad. You're so, and not like in a comedic way. You kind of believe that they think this is bad, which yeah. is all they're doing is like, the not to kink shame anything. On the kink level, it's like level yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, like they're having yeah. oral sex and dressing up. It's not that crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna kink like, shame David Cronenberg right now. <laughs> and then you go to this, which is yeah. it's out of the bedroom. Their kids uh, could walk in at any minute in the middle of the daytime. It's aggressive. It's violent. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say, like with that kind of stuff. And this is always the thing because what you're saying about what would an audience think walking away? Mm-hmm. To me, I think, and also it's who wrote the scene. Yes, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. there's a, if this makes any sense, and it's a hard it's a hard thing to parse out. And I would never tell anybody who doesn't like the scene or if they're offended by the scene right. or think yeah. it shouldn't be in there that they're wrong. But I think art's job is to present, not to say what you should think. Sure. And I think for me. I don't, and also I think art, the thing about, the great thing about art is generally, and this is why you see now movies like Rated R for this stuff mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. is as a consumer, you can decide, mm-hmm. I don't want that kind of art. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it in my life, <clears throat> in my eyes or in my ears. I was a and bad, I don't con- want that. I was a bad consumer in uh, 2005 in my first month of college with my parent. I should have, I should have researched you a history. You were a good consumer because yeah. you're like, this is Comics. Comic book. It's based on a graphic I to, novel. I need to know comic stuff. I need to see what that graphic novel is. <laughs> well, the graphic. The, 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 I can talk a little bit about the graphic novel. Um, to, but uh, the thing, my point though is that that scene to me, I think it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's yeah. supposed to make you feel ugh, like and all this other stuff, and like, make like, you, and you see a deterioration of this once was a very nice, yes, loving. I just don't think you supportive see relationship. enough of the consequences. Then is my thing. I think the consequences are subtle. They're and very I think, subtle. I think That's because, the thing. And yeah. I think too subtle. And I yeah. think because the movie, For the audience, there's that is gonna go see this movie possibly Possibly. sure but i I think like to me again like it's about because what happens right after the sex scene on the stairs camera the very next scene is maria bello walking out of the shower uh 
frontal nudity. And I think it'd be very easy surface level to go. We just got to see a naked lady. Yeah. And that's all this is. And yeah. it's here for titillation. But I think it's about what happens right after that. She opens the door. This is after this like aggressive sex scene. And again, yeah. the movie building up that she's this supportive, loving wife. They're very open with each other and all this other stuff. She opens the door. She's nude. Two seconds, looks at him, walks into another room and s- closes the door. Well, doesn't she immediately cover herself? Too? Yes. Yeah. She covers herself yeah. and closes the door. And what I was saying to Hector earlier is like a scene like that. And the reason people often have issues with similar scenes mm-hmm. is because they are either used to further push the plot forward for the man, mm-hmm. um, create a, uh, a scene of titillation. So it's poorly directed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, get just to get boobs on the screen or something like that. Um, or, or to essentially like throw away the female character mm-hmm. or be like, Oh, you know, and I don't think this movie did any of those things. And I think the fact that we don't see them really reconcile at the end of the movie, they never, after that scene, they never touch again. They never um, really talk. They never, I don't think they have another conversation. She looks at him at the dinner table, but there's not really a, the daughter's the one who sets the table and sets the plate. The son right. pushes the thing over. She just stares at him. Stares yeah. at him. And the last two shots are him, st- her staring at him and then him staring back at her. And, and the just, final shot yeah. is him. And, and I think it's just like, maybe I'm looking sorry. for a reconciliation. It, that's what or, it is in his face. Yeah. He's like, but we don't get the is satisf- there any way past this? Yeah. And they don't give you the satisfaction of that. <clears throat> right. But I don't think they give you enough of well, the I think family's response. To that, yeah, it, that, it, that because he does it's sort of too subtle is all he, it is. He does like I understand the subtlety, right? And all I'm thinking is just about 2005. Yeah, like this mm-hmm. is yeah. a time when this movie would get a wide release. Like Cronenberg's not getting a wide release ever again. Yeah, well, this didn't get a wide release. That was the thing. That's also it why didn't. I saw. I thought, it. That's why I, I saw feel it like I, I saw. It got one of those like small wide. Like let's say a wide release mm-hmm. in 2005 is like it opens in 2,000 screens. This opened in maybe. Uh, 900 so it's not oh, okay. like an indie movie it's for not opening it just like, like Lemley's, i don't know why i remember the marketing for this I do. so vividly I it's do. like this would be only people who live near us get this if it was opening it'd be at the burbank eight and that's the only place it would be yeah at. <laughs> you're not finding Texas. it at the 16 yeah. you're not finding yeah, it yeah, at yeah. The six. I, let's talk about the marketing also real quick for a second because we compared this to eastern promises earlier and i think cameron you asked me how i felt about it and i was like i liked eastern promises more because i felt like it was more accurately advertised I knew what I was sort of getting into. That thing who, is see, gnarly. Who, who put this out? Which studio? I, I'm trying I don't, to I don't know remember. if it's the same studio as I, Eastern pro- Promises. Probably not. But it, with this one, I remember the trailers for this being, because this is why my my dad agreed to come with me. My dad likes these types of movies that are sort of like John Wick, you know, sort of like dad action movies where like the dad gets recruited into the, that's the dad movie. That's mm-hmm. the genre that we go and we watch all so the time. So this a little bit subverts that. It does. And, it's, and that's why I think I was definitely thrown by it as like an 18 year old. Right. Um, I was absolutely thrown by it, which is uh, what it's supposed to do, it's which is what it's to supposed to do. You. And speaking to go back to while well, Cameron looks up the um, the company that so released it was it, New Line Cinema distributed. Yeah. Uh, and so obviously they are Fucking and the, Howard Shore and Vigo, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and I will say actually credit is to and, and Focus Features put out uh, uh, Eastern Promises mm-hmm. uh, and Focus does a lot more indie movies. New Line, God love them. Are, yes. <laughs> they were not credit, really in the indie game. Credit anymore. to Focus Features because yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, when this during the preview, it was like from the studio that brought you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Blade. And Freddy Krueger. And, and Austin uh, Powers 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Um, so, and it, I, because it, Howard Shore, I think it's also worth noting, like he he's also, like he came up with Cronenberg. They were like. Not with Vigo. duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they yeah. were like kind of the Spielberg, John Williams thing. It's like he's, yeah. he does the score for The Fly. I think he did the score for Videodrome. And like the thing about Cronenberg is Cronenberg has always had like 
mostly the same crew of Canadians that he's been working with since like the late seventies. Mm-hmm. And they just mm-hmm. keep working with him on all these different movies, uh, which I think is cool. You don't yeah. see that very often. So to go back again to the sex scene that we were talking about when I first saw it mm-hmm. and I feel like probably my read of the scene, probably empire magazines read of the scene is it feels as though Maria Bello's character, Edie, which is the wife's character, mm-hmm. when she sort of turns it back around on him as they were passionately tussling, wrestling, turns into kissing, and then he tries to pull away, then she grabs his head and goes into it. It it could be read as she is turned on by his dark persona. By or the, that by she, she herself has a dark persona. Or that she herself has a dark persona. But what my read was like, oh, sort of all is forgiven. She's into it. It makes it okay. You know, and again, because because of how sort of maybe shocking and visceral that scene was, I wasn't paying attention to the subtlety in the scene right afterwards and in the scenes at the end of the film. And then for that sort of whole in between, instead of Vigo spending time with his family and like talking or whatever, Vigo goes and does the John Wick action thing and like kills William Hurt and all of his dudes. Mm -hmm. Right. So like so we don't get that family time. So I think the subtleties there. I think that's why Empire Magazine is saying like all is forgiven or they like him even more, you know, with his persona, which I'm like, I don't think that's true. But I do think that there is something that is. I want to say like could have been better CBB could be better with how that scene is portrayed and like the fallout of it. I'm not saying necessarily needs to be more in my face or or even less subtle, but like just, just like more from a little bit more from the family. Yeah. And, and from Edie and sort of like what, I know know he was trying to make it all just in their faces right there at that meal at the end. Sure. But yeah, I, would have liked a little bit more. Po- yeah, possibly. So, Cameron, go back to sort of your overall thoughts. We've touched on the se- yeah. sex scene. You're saying it still works in a big way. That subtlety is there. Well, I think it's also, and for me, it's about like the little, um, right? The it, to me, like I love that stuff. Uh, it's the little things that make a movie. You know what I mean? Because the plot is very simple. The plot is very much like mm-hmm. A happens, B happens, C happens. Credits. There's not really a twist. The the mm-hmm. the, the twist or whatever you want to call it is when he finally owns up to it. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. a little more of a reveal. It's more like mm-hmm. if the if you're the first time watching it as an audience member, you then go, oh, mm-hmm. okay, they were all it was all everyone was telling the truth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you as know. opposed to my dumb movie action brain is going, oh, he must have got amnesia. Oh, something there. there there's some that's sort of twist I, where some guy, Ed Harris or whatever, shot him and the bullet bounced off of his skull, but then erased the Joey. Per- like very movie bullshit. Yeah, like he woke up in the river and couldn't oh. had no memory. Um, so and I think that's also yeah. why they do throw in with his wife when he does confess. She's like, "Are you mentally ill?" Or because mm-hmm. they're trying to do like a Stephen King dark half thing where it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this dark side comes out at night that no one knows," mm-hmm. and it's just like, "No, yeah." It's just, it was a part of me. Yeah. It's not a part of me anymore, I promise. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, it's still, it's and still a part of me. We still don't him. even know like the extent of what he was before. True. Like, you get, and, but I love that. I love that it's like, yeah. you get hints and pieces and the fact that it's like, there's even a scene where, uh, first time William Hurt comes in, William Hurt's like, oh, didn't you bang what's her name on a bar sometime in front of everybody? And he's like, no. But it gives you, that's a way of telling you like, this is who this Joey character was, that these yeah. kinds of stories exist about yeah. him. Not just the violent stuff, but the depravity and all these other yeah. things and this, that, and the other. So it's like you're getting just these little gumdrops of, like, who this Joey person was. I would definitely was. describe them as gumdrops. <laughs> <laughs> little dollops, yeah. little yeah. sugary dollops. Mm, delicious. <laughs> he, just, he just take right off a cupcake. Uh-huh. Um, so I think, I think there's a lot of that. And I think for me it's also um, – 
again, it's the subtle filmmaking stuff is why I think this movie works. Because, again, like, yeah, this movie five years ago could have starred Bruce Willis, been made in Eastern Europe, comes yeah. out straight to Blu-ray, yeah. and we're just like, yeah. who's in this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... A history of violence, and it's yeah. him holding a gun on the cover, even though that never happens in the movie. Yes, yeah, that DVD. Like, plot-wise, it could easily have been that. I think mm-hmm. what makes it work, though, is... The way Cronenberg uses his camera, the way that... That first uh, shot is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The way that, like, he's simultaneously... Because it's really hard. It's really hard to play two different tones. But I think, for me, the tone of this extreme graphic violence with these gangsters and then this sort of family sitcom, David Lynch There's, like, Peaks a juxtaposition thing. happening at all times. Yeah, and it's hard to pull off. It's hard to pull that off yeah. and not make people go this sucks 30 minutes in and going mm-hmm. like, why can't you figure out what kind of movie you're going to make? Mm-hmm. I think it takes a really good filmmaker to be able to like play with that and good actors to be able to pull that off so that you can believe at the end of the movie you're going, even if it's heightened, even if it's melodramatic and all this other stuff, you're able to go, I bought it. I bought all that. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. bought everything you just sold me. I bought mm-hmm. the silly, uh, the daughter had a nightmare and every single family member is going to come in and this, that, and the other. <laughs> you did laugh. But uh, yeah. yeah. And then the end of this movie is Viggo Mortensen stepping on a dude's throat. And it's like, how do you believably create a he tone? Stomps yeah. yeah. Throat. How do you get to that arc? And the audience goes, I buy that, even if they're chuckling a little. And I buy that, even if they're going, Ugh! and yeah. to be able to get to that end mm-hmm. in an hour and a half mm-hmm. is very masterful I think mm-hmm. and I think Cronenberg yeah. does a good job of it very true yeah if there, I know we're saying it's a, it's a pretty quick movie it didn't feel like it it no, felt it like didn't. it was the it was exact burn. appropriate time it still was a slow burn even if they had added 30 minutes where we got more family it stuff builds well would have been too long it really would have been too long with any more time than it already had. It's like an mm-hmm. hour 42 or something. Hour 36. Like, hour 36, really? Shit, that is fast. Uh, and I really like William Hurt. I like William Hurt a lot in this He movie. is very good. William Hurt. We didn't even play good. William Hurt this time. We oh, were so into it. I know. Normally we play a game called William Hurt. Keller, how do you play? Whenever William Hurt is on the screen, you just act like he's in pain. Just, <laughs> like if he's walking downstairs, like. <laughs> well, and I think that was, that was I, to some extent, I think that's almost why this also worked is like William Hurt. In 2005, I'm trying to remember where William Hurt is, but I think he was mm. pretty much coming off of playing like a lot of dad roles and mm-hmm. stuff like that because he's not the he's not the sexy 80s guy he was anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe playing like lawyers and stuff about like to that. Be Moby Dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then when it's like when he's coming down and it's like he's the he's the he's the head of the mob. Yeah. Or this like section of the mob in Philadelphia, and you believe it. Yeah. <laughs> is like really good, and he's not in the movie long, but it's also like some of the best like. Little roles are like the character, the actors are the characters that are like, oh, I'm in this for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I completely take over the scene. He definitely does. Because it's does. great. Yeah. It's like, and Vigo's great. And Vigo's an actor you want to watch. But William Hurt walks on screen, starts mm-hmm. going, and you're just like, I'm glued to this guy. Absolutely. And it's just more it's like, what, it, what, it, what is his beard? <laughs> what is it? What's he doing? <laughs> Listen, we're yeah. style icons. They yeah. just have Amish mafia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will so talk a little Amish bit about the graphic mafia? novel. That is the biggest change. How so? So in the graphic novel, it is that um, Joey, you gotta, yeah, Joey, you got to come back, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Richie is not um, the head of the mob. If anything, Richie is also kind of like a screw-up. Mm. And when he finally finds his brother, he finds his brother like no arms, no legs, hanging in a closet. Oh, my God. And Wait, Joey Cusack, Viggo Mortensen's character, finds his brother, William Hurt, Richie yeah. Cusack, in a closet, hung himself? Like he's like been hooked up there with like, and he's they, dead. They're keeping no, he's alive. They're oh keeping it's God. almost like the scene from Seven, <laughs> yeah, where it's like they're yeah. torturing this guy and keeping him alive. That would have been way too unrealistic. That would have been the gnarliest. And I think so. I think making Richie like the head of the mob as yeah. opposed to like another 
jobber or gopher yeah. type who get like fucked up, it's like, I, yeah, you buy it more. Good than job. if it's like suddenly opening this closet door and it's like, here's this thing. I think people would have been like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what the what is, hell? What the hell is this mob? What yeah. is this? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Is there anything? Unless uh, it's like a sequel to the movie Good Time. I think there is. <laughs> I know there's two other Road to Perdition. And that's the other thing, too, is like when people talk about comic book adaptations, like for adults, and you see those articles, yeah. the two movies that get mentioned all the time yeah. are History and Road to Perdition. Yeah. I didn't know Road to Perdition was a graphic yeah, novel. Yeah, exactly. And it's, there those, it's, those, it's those movies Especially that, that since people it's like go, Tom Hanks, Paul Newman. Yeah. And it's like, what? Especially the, it's those movies where people go, I didn't know that was it. Those are the ones a that I always get piece. American Splendor. Gets picked. That's a graphic novel. Yep. And well, I think uh, that one makes sense because it's about him being a comic book exactly person. And is that a Ghost movie? World? Uh, I have American Splendor. I've only American seen some of it. Yeah. Really and, and Ghost World is another one that people are like, I didn't know it was based off a graphic novel. Yeah, it's another. I can buy that one. Ghost yeah. World. That sounds like yeah. a graphic novel. It is. It's full of ghosts. Too scary. It's like, wa- it's like Waterworld, but you swim in ghosts. Ectoplasm. I like it. Yeah. Delicious. And the, and the, the graphic novel is written by uh, John Wagner, who's also like his biggest thing is um, Dread. Dread. Judge Dread. Like Judge Dredd, the comic book or the movie Dredd? Yes. Uh, he, he created Judge Dredd. Oh, right on. Oh, cool. So he's a British guy. Yeah. Interesting. So again, Still he's set also in telling, an American town? Yep. So uh, it's like a British writer uh, okay. telling Writing American about America and then, and then a Canadian, Canadian director. director. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Starring I think, I think, a I think it's those European-looking like, actor in New York American. City. He's from yeah. New York. I think, I think it's those iconic... Norman Rockwell, yep. the farmhouse, the two kids, the wife, you own a diner. And I think like... And they have a horse. They do have it's a like, horse. What do they do with that But horse? they even play into that a little bit where even Richie goes, how's the farm life? And mm-hmm. the guy's like, I don't own a farm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a farm. I just have a house and property. Uh, I do love that too, actually. The subtle... This is the first time I've caught it on this watch is Viggo Mortensen's... And it's really subtle, but it is what I would call younger brother acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when like, William <laughs> Hurt just coming like, how's it going? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 shrugging yeah. a lot. Whatever, dude. Whatever. It's not a fucking farm. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you always say that. I just, I, ju- just a horse. It and I'm like, like that pigs. is such. And he's like, just shoulders are slouched, just yeah. ever so slightly. And I'm like, that yeah. is a younger brother, mm-hmm. right there. Especially when the that. older brother such just a cocky shit. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. cost me a lot of time and money. You uh, seem to be doing fine. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I agree. Yeah. As far as. Uh, the title goes, it's not the most violent movie, but when the violent hits, it yes. hits. And True. I think that's the difference it between like a, something like a John Wick or an Equalizer is like there's moments stuff. where there's moments where the audience is gonna go, ooh, but yeah. it's usually like you're going with it, you're trying to like rah rah it. Yes. This, the violence is like yeah. even when he's supposedly like even in the diner scene where it's like, Oh, he's a hero and he did a great job, it's so gruesome that you're almost like, Ugh. Why did they Christ. kill the people in the motel in the beginning? I think I think it's just a filmic way to show like these people are psychopaths okay mm-hmm. okay like it's mm-hmm. also it's like they didn't have to kill those people so that when when they then come into the diner it's like they don't okay, have to kill yeah. all these people in the diner but they're gonna right so we f- get that fear yeah yeah it's it's the it's the and i think this because cronenberg was a horror director i think it's the horror movie thing it's the thing of like it's it's why i love like it follows something like it follows where it's mm-hmm. like it follows open opens up with this girl she's scared to death running through running around same nightmare on elm street uh and then uh, we cut, cut back to her. Her leg has been broken in half. She's dead on the beach. Her face is in the sand. And people complain about that. People are like, it never gets that gruesome again. And I said, yeah. no, but it plants in your head. Yeah. It could get this gruesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why you need to run away. 
It's the mm-hmm. Terminator. Terminator never punches through a guy's chest and rips his heart out again until, but the first kill he does, mm-hmm. so that you're sitting there going, "Get the hell out of there, uh, yeah. Sarah Connor!" <laughs> Instead of, "Oh, it's just a guy with sunglasses and a shirt and yeah. a blue shirt." And so whatever. I think it's, it's like you're seeing them like brutalize mm-hmm. this maid and this mm-hmm. desk clerk, and then shoot a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's like when they go in that diner, you're sitting there going, "I know what these guys are capable." It's Everyone's the, dead. It's the Hitchcock thing. It's yeah. more effective to know there's a bomb under a table than the thing to explode. Yeah. And so it's or like, Spielberg Jaws yeah. to have that death in the beginning. And then every time you see water, you know, get the hell out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Uh, Yeah. Is there anything else that needs to be said about a history of violence? My question for you is, is there anything that doesn't work for you? And do you think it deserves to be on the list of the 500 greatest movies ever made? I think the, uh, and it's hard. It's very hard. And I, a lot of the other acting I can throw out to, Stylized, or it's melodramatic, or it's mm-hmm. going for this. So then, when the juxtaposition, and also, comes, I don't know how Cronenberg is with actors in general. Um, I will say, the daughter is rough. Oh yeah, the little girl. Oh yeah, the yeah. little girl for yeah. sure. And the son's rough sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also his. You chalk that up to melodrama. You yeah. chalk that up to melodrama. You could chalk it up to being like he's. Even though he's not, he's supposed to be playing like a sixteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. That yeah. could be kind of like dramatic. Mm-hmm. The little girl has very much a commercial actress. Mm-hmm. True, and mm-hmm. and that I think that's the only thing. And she's not terrible. She doesn't mm-hmm. pull me out of the movie, but it's this kind of stuff where I'm like, ooh, you know. You think of how Spielberg is with kids, and yeah, how yeah, he can get those totally. performances. And I'm trying to think, like, I don't know if Cronenberg's had a kid in any of his other ah, movies. Interesting. So I think that might also be a Eastern thing. Promises. There was. Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of Viggo Mortensen's penis. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Oh yeah, that was an. It's the size of kid. a child. Yes, great, right. huge, great <laughs> looking not. kid. It's a regular size penis, <laughs> and that fight yeah. scene was gnarly. Um, um, I yeah. think does it belong on the 500? <sighs> Is it the only Cronenberg on this list? I'll tell I you think right you now. You said The Fly and Eastern Promises are both. Let on me it. tell you. Let me tell you. Let me see what's on. What here. is your favorite Cronenberg? It is The Fly. The Fly is your favorite. Okay. <gasps> it's the only David Cronenberg movie that's on here. Oh, is yeah. History of Violence? Then I wow. and I, I really like this movie a lot. I think Eastern Promises uh, is is a better movie. It's doing different things, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a better movie. I think The Fly is an all-timer. I think as more and more time goes by, a Fly kind of just becomes this Videodrome, I think is really good. I think that's the thing. I think Cronenberg, I like that he's a guy who today still takes these like big swings, big swings, yeah. big chances. Uh, Naked Lunch is like such a bizarre, unadaptable book, and it's in the Criterion Collection now. As a film. And so it's like Videodrome is this weird, gross, what are we, starring very problematic actor James Woods. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> movie 80s? about what is, uh, what is, you know, television doing to us and what are we allowing on television and all those other things. Mm-hmm. And Debbie Harry from Blondie's in it. That movie's great. So, yeah, if this is the only Cronenberg on the list. You'll say it deserves to be on there. What, 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 you could would put you, another you know one on there yeah. instead, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use it for uh, my <gasps> pick. No way. I'm You're going to put a history of violence? No, no, no. I'm going to take off history of violence for my pick is The Fly. Whoa, thank okay, you. Good. I was going to say The Fly's That's not on pick. the list as it stands, but now so in So now there is new... a Cronenberg on the new list, and it is The Fly. What year did that come out? Do you know? 84? 85? It's the same year as The Thing, so I think it's 84. Okay, whatever. The Fly and The Thing? It doesn't matter. Is that confusing for people? Yeah, especially for Marvel Comics readers. When's Kurt Russell going to be a bug? 86, 86. What? It doesn't really much matter, but uh, that is awesome. No Marvel readers were confused when The Thing came out. It's like, you're never going to make a movie just about The Thing from (laughs) Fantastic Uh, Four. It made a cartoon show. Uh, But I think The Fly is great. And, And Howard Shore's Fly score is amazing. Uh, Dude, I really want to. I really want to listen to it. I'm kind of bummed. He used to do stuff with. I just looked it up. He used to play on SNL. He used to do shit with Lauren Michaels. Howard Shore. 
Yeah. No way. Really? He used to be on the SNL band? Shore was a member of jazz fusion band Lighthouse. He became the music director for Lauren Michaels. What? Oh, yeah. He was music director for Lauren Michaels on SNL. For, from when to when? The That's beginning. fascinating. So like 1975 or whatever. Yeah, like until he wrote, uh, the he came music? up with the Blues Brothers. What? Yeah. Howard yeah. Shore? Yeah. That's amazing. Like, that's the crazy thing about, like, something like Lord of the Rings must both be, like, a gift, because you yes. debatably never have to work again, and, and you have a thing that lives forever, but yes. also for a lot of people. So this is this is, and this is is an interesting thing, and this is why I like doing shows like this and being able to talk about these old things yeah. and these people that things that worked on all this other stuff. Yeah. So I do stuff at the theater, uh, pack theater, uh, and a lot of great people there, a lot of talent, a lot of other stuff. But I've often said, and I find this a lot in general, mm-hmm. is that uh, the history of the stuff we want to do, people don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people where their knowledge of, uh, and this is not just to call it the back theater, there's a lot of people in comedy who their knowledge of television comedy goes as deep as Parks and Rec. Yeah. And anything older than that, yeah. they're a little bit like, God, God I seen all it of Cheers is on Netflix. <laughs> but all of it. As an example of like, how are you missing this? Uh, last night, mm-hmm. there was a show at the theater um, with, uh, uh, I don't think I'd be bad to say that to be, uh, Heather Campbell and Rebecca Drysdale. Oh, they were doing amazing. a show. Amazing improvisers. My God. Comes walking down uh, uh, Santa Monica Boulevard is uh, Marissa Tomei. <gasps> And I had, and someone was like, "What, Aunt May's here?" No, she walked completely past all these people around our age, and, and nobody I, knew. Oh I'm the only God. one who's like, "That's," and I didn't like approach her. I didn't try and sure, do it. Sure, sure, sure. I'm like, "That's Marissa Tomei," and she's like saying, "Excuse me," and walking past people. And you could say like, "Oh, well, everyone's seeing it, but everyone's being subtle." Everyone, I'm like, "Yeah, no, wow, no one's catching that this Academy Award winning actress who's wow. in these big friggin' movies is yeah. literally going to see her show at our theater because she's friends with Drysdale." Yeah. So did she see the show? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. And so wow. I'm just sitting there. I'm She's just like so good. And it's that thing where I'm like, man, no one's no one's paying attention to like that. So it's like mm-hmm. the Howard getting to the Howard Shore thing is mm-hmm. like this man did Lord of the Rings, and I think people are like, That's it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, No, no, if you like it, check out some yeah. of his other no, stuff. He also did I just looked it up, he did all of Cronenberg stuff, mm-hmm. most of Jonathan Demi stuff, bunch yes. of Chris Columbus stuff. Cool. Like Very he's cool. been all over the place. Chris always. Columbus. Who what what he did Chris Mrs. Columbus Dalfire. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Why did I think that was John Williams? Just because Home Alone? Just because I'm uh, like... Probably. Home Alone and yeah. Harry Potter. Home Alone and Harry Potter. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, dude. That is also another reason I love doing this podcast. And I am honestly bummed that there's no other David Cronenberg movies on our list that we're going to go through. Who's the most? Is Spielberg or Scorsese the ooh, most on this ooh, list? Ooh, ooh. It wasn't... Good question. I think it I'll ended make, up being like... Is it going to be... Or Kubrick. Kubrick, I could see uh, being like, maybe sneakily sure. the most. Even though he doesn't have Let me see all the movies in the world. Kurosawa's oh, got a lot oh, it's on be too. It's, it's, Who is, is it, it again? It's Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Yeah. I think That's Hitchcock is in the lead with seven. Okay. Four, five, six, seven. Hitchcock's seven are Rebecca, The Lady Vanishes, Notorious, Rear Window, North by Northwest, Psycho, Vertigo. So I don't know if anybody can beat Rear seven. Not even on there. Kurosawa has six. That's close. Um, <laughs> He's got to make see. one more. Yeah. <laughs> let me see here. Brian De Palma has five. Yeah. That's pretty good, actually. Christian, like for Christopher De Nolan, four. I love De Palma. Yeah. But that's, How many does Spielberg have? I'm getting to it. David, David Lynch Lean. has four. Uh, Edgar Wright's got two. Spielberg Coppola's has like got three five. in the top ten. George Lucas has four. <laughs> that's so American Graffiti got on there at least. Uh, American, American Graffiti is great. American Graffiti um, is a great movie. Let's see and here. A New Hope belongs on the list. Miyazaki, oh, yeah, yeah. Miyazaki got four. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Um, James Cameron, four. Uh, John Pierre Melville, four. 
Uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen, five. Nice. Wow. Interesting. I'm not surprised by that. Carpenter got three. I'm happy with that. Uh-huh. Uh, John Houston or Huston got Houston. four. John Houston got four. Classics. Classics. Um, there's Scorsese. There? Shyamalan got two. <laughs> Scorsese, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, wait. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Martin Scorsese's in the lead oh, right damn. now. His okay. eight are Casino, The Last Waltz, Mean Streets, The Departed, oh, The King of I'm Comedy, that we Taxi get to Driver, The Last Waltz. Yeah, that's, we Bull. just get to you watch a fellas. concert. Film. You got to get that. Would yeah. be good, interesting. You guys got to get a good wow. guess for that. I mean, I know you yeah. know your music stuff too, but eight. we got to definitely. Yeah. Wow. Tarantino's got. Oh, that five. is exciting to me. It's fun to go through this by director. You think we could get fun. Bob Dylan? Mostly dudes. To come be, yeah, watch let's do the it. last waltz yeah, with yeah. 100%. And it's like, yeah. I know I wasn't with the band at <laughs> Okay, this time, I'm seeing but... Sam Raimi. We haven't got, Spider-Man 1 and 2 are there. Is that yeah. it? Evil Dead? Evil, Evil Dead? Dead 2 is. Okay. Wait, Evil Army, Dead? Army Evil of Dead? Darkness and Evil Dead. Oh, Evil <sighs> Dead 2, is it? Wait a minute. I like Evil Dead 2. That mu- this I think Evil, that's I thought both were. This must be a mistake. I think, check, check on here. I think I messed up. I think it's Evil Dead 2. At what number? 49. So it's like all oh, that's, that's high. very high. I'm gonna I'm going to yeah, he has Spider Man. Evil Dead Spider-Man two is forty nine. Yeah, that's right. So okay. this so this I needs would, a two. I, I like that. We just it's fixed so that. high up. Um okay, we're right ahead. Together. Oh, there's Kubrick. Like, we've already Seven. seen it. So Scorsese's Ooh, at Scorsese? eight right now. We haven't looked at and Spielberg yet. Spielberg wins. Because Spielberg has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven fucking movies on here okay Damn. oh my god here's the here's well, the 11 you got all three uh indies all four four all four Fuck that's off that's I the one that i've already fucking watched that movie <laughs> weeks ago i was like y'all just did an episode <laughs> when you said three i was like what did not make it on there yeah but just crystal kidding. skull yeah. dude yeah yeah, yeah. that's a all, good point all four uh ai <laughs> artificial intelligence that's okay interesting so kubrick one add another yeah. to kubrick too they each get a half <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park, Saving Private Ryan, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Schindler's List, Jaws, and that's it. And, and then his four Indies. No 1941. No. Man, AI's deep on that list, too. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. It made an impact. AI is coming in at 265. Well, what year did I, AI come through. out? Uh, 2001. 2001. Okay. Seven okay. years yeah. before. Right. But, I, but I'm sure that a big part of why it's on there is because movie nerds will be like, oh, it's like the last Kubrick. We yeah. got to do it. We got to put it in our top Spielberg and Kubrick. Um, Tim Burton has six. Oh, um, Batman Returns is on there. Good. Mm-hmm. Both of them are. And Woody Allen. Boo, you watch the boo Woody Allen. He's boo got Woody six Allen. as well. Zach Braff's got one. Zack Snyder's got one. They're all oh, there. Oh, man, you guys got to talk about Garden State. Good. Yeah, we love. do yeah. have to talk about Garden State. <laughs> we have to find like somebody in college who just saw it for the first listen, time. And there's a lot of, there's so a, listen, there's a lot of white girls who were in my sophomore English class mm-hmm. in high school. We'll look them all up. We'll actually have all of them on the podcast. Let's see if we can get that they many They love mics. the shins. Oh, I'm not God, judging them, but it was yeah. like. Guys, I fucking love the shins. Yeah. I put my, I put out my top 10 movies of the year and I had never had more angry things written to me where people are like, where's Garden State? <laughs> this is high school. Where's Garden State? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like it's it. Like, you, were remember- in a, you were in a high school in LA though to where kids were making top 10 film lists. <laughs> <laughs> like at my, yeah. Me. Oh, you're the me. only one? I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. Again, I'm in LA. Marissa Tomei's walking down the yeah. street. Yeah. Like, no one cares. True. I'm like my cousin Vinny. So uh, <laughs> seriously, she's incredible in that movie. She should have won an Oscar dude, for the that wrestler. Movie. No, she should have won an Oscar for the wrestler. Is the wrestler like, on that list? No, I don't think it is. Let me because if it is, yeah, I want to. I don't care how Aronofsky far deep down. Is. I don't. I don't care how far deep down the wrestler is. I want to claim the wrestler. Mm-hmm. 
Unless it I can get you guys an actual wrestler. Not. It is <gasps> not. Uh, would have been oh, great. what if we could? We'll just get uh, Andy to come back. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get Yuma, Andrew Polito. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, you've already mentioned it, but talk mm-hmm. a little bit about why The Fly is your new number two pick. I think The Fly, and again, this is the thing about Cronenberg, it's very easy to kind of, uh, because he doesn't have in his filmography um, a elephant man. You know what I mean? Or the mm-hmm. thing that, like, if people want to write David Lynch off as gross, they can go, well, The Elephant Man is this elegant. And The Elephant Man is an amazing movie, but it is, like, oh, it's this elegant black and white drama, mm-hmm. this and the other, and it's very sad and great actors. Cronenberg um, doesn't necessarily have that. What I like about Cronenberg is I think he includes all that stuff in his genre work. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess, Debatably, History of Violence is that movie, I guess, yeah. or Eastern mm-hmm. Promises. Um, yeah. But the thing about The Fly is... The effects are amazing. They are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, it's gross. There's stuff that, and that's the thing about practical effects, especially practical effects done by, I think Kevin Yeager was the effects guy on that one. Cool. They're um, disgusting. They are gross. They really stand out. Uh, although the thing that mostly people stands out to people is less the gross fly spit stuff, and it's the arm wrestling yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> when the guy breaks the bone out of his oh, arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when like, the fingernails pop off. Just yes. like Because that's, that's something we can see mm-hmm. happening. We've cut mm-hmm. our fingernails a little too far sometimes. Ugh. Or we, maybe we've broken a bone. So, so you feel the, that happen. Yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah. Um, And it's great. I've seen, I saw a couple years ago a double feature of the fly and the thing at the Egyptian. Nice. Uh, and when those scenes pop up, you hear an entire house, go, especially the arm wrestling, because everyone's yeah. seen the movie. If you're going mm-hmm. to see a double feature, you've seen the movie before. Yeah. And you feel an audience go, <gasps> yeah, kind of a thing. <laughs> they all know it's going to yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, fun. Um, but I think what I love about the fly is those are all the big movie stuff. But really what it comes down to is the stuff Cronenberg has talked about, but it's that it's watching someone you love die of a disease. And I can't remember. I think Cronenberg talked about he was a little bit inspired by, I think his parents, I think his, it was either his mother or father was getting, and these are obviously two very different diseases, but it was obvious, I think it was either Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. or cancer. It was Mm -hmm. one of the two, but the fact that someone was deteriorating Mm -hmm. and there's the other person that's there watching their loved one deteriorate and is like, there's massive mood swings and the person Mm. changes like both Mm. physically and emotionally and all this other stuff. And you're sitting there going, I'm not leaving. I'm going to be by your side no matter what. He took it to the nth degree of the person is literally changing into a fly, but it's not the classic science fiction thing of I'm a monster. And the other person's like, get away from me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gina Davis, I think is amazing in that movie. Gina Davis is amazing in general, but especially in that movie where she has to be playing somebody who's watching someone she loves slowly deteriorating, trying to help them. And that person is, turning it around on her and trying to say, fuck you, you're jealous of me. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what I'm looking for, this and the other. Uh, and it could easily fall into the trappings of the brilliant man and then the naggy woman. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I think it I, it skates by all that stuff, by these two cool. great performances. It's really well written. I think the effects are great. And I think it, it's, Cronenberg does a really good job of, um, n- not counting Naked Lunch, uh, taking like, very simple stories and then putting in these great film elements and little subtle cues and little movements that make you go, this is genius, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, because if you break down the plot of the fly, it's no more insane than breaking down the plot of history of violence. Uh, mad scientist does the thing, turns into a fly. It was gross. Mm-hmm. That's the plot. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? about my takeaway. But, of it. Yeah. But the intricate things of it. And also the fact that it's like, there's the whole thing about her, uh, which people forget about, and I think it like punches them in the gut when it happens. Is she finds out she's pregnant, 
Yeah. And she's going to give them an abortion. Yeah. And he breaks into the hospital, gets her out of there, and this is the scene in the, you know, in the old 50s sci-fi movie where he'd climb to the top of the building, holding her, and be like, ah, King Kong kind of stuff. Instead, he starts crying and going, please keep the baby. It's the only part of me that's left. And it's this heartbreaking oh, scene. But it's, oh. not, it's not an anti-abortion scene. It's not, right. That's not what Cronenberg's doing. But people could walk away from different... Ta- and I think yeah. it's a good sci-fi movie because people could walk away with different ideas and different takes about what it all means. Even mm-hmm. if everyone can agree, the gross stuff is gross. <laughs> yeah, but all those little up. human scenes, all those cool. little moments, all those little... The things of like Jeff Goldblum... At first, even though he's transforming and gross looking, he's like, I can do this. Isn't this amazing? This and the other and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. she's concerned about him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great. I think The Fly's amazing. I want to watch it that, is. man. I have never seen it. And it's I, disgusting. Cool. And I will not watch it again with you. Okay, but sounds good. you should watch it. <laughs> it also makes me want to watch District 9 again. I just got back from New Zealand and I had a chance to tour Weta Workshop and they showed us like props and shit that they made for for um, District 9 with the cool guns and everything and, they, oh, and awesome. some of the CG models and like that movie has another great like there's extra cool stuff added on top of the um, the gross sci-fi you know mm-hmm. neato stuff there's like mm-hmm. oh you guys are saying something about South Africa and you guys are saying something about you know your roles in society and, and foreigners and a bunch of great stuff but yeah. that's awesome Cameron this has been a, a pleasure and a joy. Mm, Both of them. You are Always. Every one of them. the first member of the Two Timers Club. You might be the first member of the Three Timers Club because we're going to let you pick the movie. Uh, do, should we do it on the show or should or do you want to? I'm, I'm, I'm down. Do I'm it down. on the show. Okay. You're going to sure. be the first to pick uh, the Next 2020 movie. movie. So we're starting with. So the, you guys opened the year. The Incredibles. You opened with The Incredibles. That, no, this year we opened with um, uh, King Kong. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. And I'm gotcha, talking, gotcha. this is 2019. I'm talking 2020, baby. 2020, we're opening with The Incredibles. Okay. What do we got Greed, here? Greed, Killer of Sheep, Night of the Living Dead, and go on from there. If you got it right here, oh, right wow. here, brother. Night of the Living Dead. That mm-hmm. is, yeah. OG. Part of me wants to jump right into that one and say, that's it, because the temptation mm-hmm. is there. But mm-hmm. keep going. <laughs> Gar- there's Garden State. Can't do Garden State. We're getting 18 white females from your college. <laughs> True. Yeah. We from my to. high school. <laughs> from your high school. Uh, 20 white women from Cameron's high school. There's a, there's a difference. Um, okay, I'm going to put my name down on this one, but I will say, what? if there is a female who would like to talk about this movie, mm-hmm. they should totally get it. Okay. Let them have that spot. Mm-hmm. But for right now, because we've talked about him so much, uh, I would love to do Mulholland Drive. Ooh. Okay, cool. What number is that? Oh, here it is. I see it. 391. Wow. David Lynch. Okay. Okay. And you're saying that if a woman would be more interested in, if, if a woman would be very Because it's, it's a lot sure. about being a woman in Hollywood and all this other stuff. So they might have a much broad, different take, obviously. Yeah, I think. I uh, and if that, that does happen, Naomi cool. Watts. I will say, yeah, if you can get it. Naomi Watts, yeah. get awesome. Naomi Watts. She wouldn't do King Kong, so maybe we can get her for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where you get the pull. Oh, that's exciting. All right, um, man. If that can't happen, mm-hmm. ooh, this is a big one. What is it? Rocky. Bro. Bro. Oh, I already got Michael B. Jordan. Doing is that too Rocky. far down? Is that 2021? Right here. No, because we're because 2020 is going to be from three. Uh, yeah, you have until 400 to 350. So. So you got the long goodbye, too, if you want. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Clerks. This is the problem. This is the problem, guys. Is like as the list when, goes on and yeah. on, it's literally going to be like. The best of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. Good. I hope so. But you're past the year. No. Oh, no, I know. I'm just okay. looking at what 
what the road has in store. He's going to pick something for 2021, yeah. 2022. Yeah, he's already lined up his <laughs> So, yeah, either Mulholland okay. Drive, but if there's somebody who's like, oh, gotcha. oh someone got Mulholland, okay. then, then Rocky. We, we got you. We wrote you down for that. You're good to go. You're the first booked guest for 2020, Can't but wait. not the earliest booked guest. We Man, have. It's awesome that we're going to be alive then. Yeah. 2027, we've got somebody for Lord please, of the Rings, please. Fellowship of the Rings, True. Star Wars, A New Hope. Like so Those have already been who locked claims, out. Who claims Star Wars? We put my buddy Andrew Polito on it because he who talked. just did Phantom Menace? He just did Phantom Menace with us. And he's, oh, okay. there's, not, there's no more pure Star Wars fan yeah. in the galaxy. Yeah, and A New Hope is his favorite. But Phantom Menace is his third favorite Star Wars movie. <sighs> Listen he to the played, podcast. He played Damn. a song from Phantom Menace Damn. in his wedding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you, you, dude, go listen to it. Listen though. to this podcast. You'll love him you, and his love yes, for it. Like, you, I watched that movie with him yeah. and enjoyed it much more. Yeah. You need to listen to the podcast. I would be so curious as to your thoughts of our discussion of all things Star Wars, but specifically Phantom Menace. I didn't like the movies, too. I still don't like yeah, the movies. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, but hot like, racing is cool. But, like, Yuma's great. Andrew's great. Yep. So, oh, do, you, do you guys have someone from Batman Returns? Yes, we do. Oh, because I was going to say, if you, don't, Batman Returns, if you don't, yes. I got to recommend. I think Danny's doing Batman yeah, Returns because she did Batman. Uh, Danny Fernandez. Have you guys done two guests yet? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. We've done one two guester. Who would you? Yeah. Uh, you, Emma. Emma adores that movie. Returns? Mm, do we have Emma on anything else this year? You had her on Superman Returns. That's true. <laughs> so do Danny for the second Batman and do Emma for the second Returns. Yeah, what are the other Returns? <laughs> It'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, all right, all right. We'll see. If we can we'll see if we can line that up. So, Cameron, this yeah. has been fantastic. The floor is yours, my friend. We will see you again next year. Yeah. But what do you want to say to any of our listeners for the 500 Greatest Films podcast? Uh, what do you want them to take a look at? Anything online? Anything that they can follow you? Um, follow me. Uh, the main thing I think would be uh, Twitter.com slash Jurassic Alien. I'm usually posting about shorts I'm directing and stuff like that. And I'm trying to do a lot more of that this year. Um, Cameron's photo on Instagram. You could see like. Former guests, past guests of the show, mm-hmm. Maude Garrett, I just did a shoot with, I done a shoot with Danny, Emma, uh, stuff like that. Also, I want to th- throw a real quick recommend, uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, it's great. It's beautiful. Okay. I saw it two nights ago. Awesome. Uh, it's great. And that's, I think that's the other thing, too, is like people who probably listen to this know, you know, do do this stuff, mm-hmm. but take a chance. Take a chance. If there's mm-hmm. something you love, find out what those people made before mm-hmm. that, you know, or after that or anything like that. Like, do that stuff. But yeah, uh, high, high recommend on If Beale Street Could Talk. Awesome. Awesome. Keller and I just watched Glass last night. I liked it. Keller did not. I well, how are you? Where are you on Unbreakable and Split? I like Unbreakable a lot. I like it goes one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Like Unbreakable oh, is the best, and then Split, and then Glass for me. I think Split's um, a better movie than Glass, but for me, it still goes one, three, two. James I McAvoy's Glass. performance is incredible yeah. in Split, and it's yeah. incredible. And in but dude, when's the last time you Glass. rewatched Unbreakable? Um, when Split came out, I bought the Blu-ray. So, so it's been two okay. years. So you have the Blu-ray at home. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Watch Split, and then go see Glass. My week's pretty open. Okay, that's the way to yeah, do it. Because do, do, because re, it do a was, refresher. You're yes, gonna want it. It was really really helpful to watch both of those in the past week. It was way week. too much of a sequel for. Uh huh. Glass does not work on its own. Glass is no. part three. Yeah. Oh, you think people are? Did you get the vibe? People were sitting like. Did, oh, so did you go with people who hadn't seen the other two for a no. while? Okay. We we Everybody, specifically we all made sure we'd seen yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Chelsea, especially and Abby, since we just did Unbreakable on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yep. So oh, it wasn't like a mm-hmm, big deal. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm getting the impression that a lot of people that are seeing it, like other friends of mine and from people online, haven't seen Unbreakable in 
over a decade and haven't seen Split since it came out. And for it's, that, I'd be like, you know, I feel like Glass lines up with those more than people might think or remember. But the, that's my yeah, thing. The reviews is pretty far uh, above both. The reviews are I not think. good, but as of last night, so I'll check right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like it was doing doing Bufu box office, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing that Bufu. Bufu um, is bad or good? Uh, really good. Oh, good. Um, good for them. I've never heard that. Yeah, but, uh, isn't it Buku Bucks? I've heard Buku. I've heard Bafo. What is Bafo? Oh, like box office. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know if it actually stands for anything. Uh, it looks like it's going to make forty million dollars this weekend. Good, good considering job. it's a Blumhouse. Yeah, that's good. Going to be very profitable. Good. They're going to do fine. <laughs> good. Great. Now we'll get Glass Two. Yeah. Part four in the series. Um, go watch it and then you'll know what they're going to do or not do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Part four in the series. Uh, next week we're watching the movie 10. Watch it by uh, a subscribing free trial to some Amazon thing. Search There's the movie 10. There's a couple of things on Amazon you can From like it. 2002. And who's our guest going to be next week, Keller? Next week we have my brother, Josh Lodi, <laughs> is coming to California from Texas. Literally your brother. Yeah. Not just my a bro ham. brother. Yeah, I got my bro ham flying in. No, that was his little brother. How's he feel about uh, Kurosami movies? <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's ever seen it. <laughs> so, uh, but neither have we. It's going it to be great. Nominated for I the had Pondor. the idea. That's yeah. the one is about just like having a conversation. I just hit the microphone. Yeah. About having a conversation with 10 people in a car. And I was mm-hmm. like, let's just record it on the way back from Joshua Tree in the car. <laughs> but no, uh, so. Kurosami's great. He passed away uh, recently. Mm. Uh, but he had yeah, July 2016. Wow, was that long ago? Wow. Um, but he's... Uh, Love his movies. They're great. They're very uh, interesting and different and weird, uh, but um, uh, the Criterion Collection loves him. <laughs> so I'll, okay. put it, I'll put it that way. Yeah, so far, uh, the only thing I've loved of the three movies we've seen so far is parts of King Kong this year. So, like, that's the, that's the one I would buy on Blu-ray. And next year, or next week, maybe 10, week after that, High Fidelity. I haven't seen it. Week after that, one of my faves, Dumb and Dumber. Let's see how it holds up. Let's oh, see how it up. I know. I've seen that movie. Oh, so Dog many Day is coming. Dog Day is great. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, we got Mike Cruz on that one. That's going to be fun. But anyway, oh, guys, uh, do you not have someone for being John Malkovich? Not yet. Okay, okay. I'm going to throw. You I got, got some Rex. Mm-hmm. You got some Rex. Okay, okay cool. good. Cool, cool, Excellent, cool, cool. guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. You're the best. Uh, go watch Ten or just join us next week. If not, Cameron, thank you again, man. We'll thank see you in 2020. You're the best. Thank you so much. This is awesome, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.